0: Are there any good looking podcast listeners
1: out there tonight? Hello and welcome to episode 145 of Soccer Noob Rocket America featuring you know who? Hello! Yeah, that's my wonder kid, 11-year-old daughter and show co-host Persanoob here to help us in myriad ways, not only with the counting down of the matches that we are going to be previewing from all over the world, but she's got a little language lesson for us as well later on for her own special segment. We like to give her at least one every single week. Because Dash Darnit not only deserve it, but quite frankly, she's a star. I'm lucky she lets me do this at all. I know who you all listen for. It's OK. Hopefully the soccer is pretty interesting, too. And what we find interesting this particular week and hope that you will as well are 10 paramount matches from all over the world. Some of them are from big leagues and big tournaments, and some of them are from far flung corners of the footy world. But the one thing they all have in common is they are important where they're being played. Big tournament matches number uh, one versus number B matches. Yeah, you'll get to know what number B means a little bit later on. Trust us. It's a good thing. And the matches we're going to cover this particular week are going to cover, uh, our soccer week will run Friday the 28th of July through August 3. Friday through Thursday, that's how it goes every week. So with no further ado, let's jump right in with match number 1 we start this week's soccer adventure on Saturday, north of the border here in North America, to a fourth-tier amateur club in Canada, the Pacific Coast Soccer League. Now, the big league everybody in Canada has been talking about for a couple of years now is League One Canada, which is made up of three major leagues from three of the big populated provinces. This is not from that league. This is one level lower. That one is considered Tier 3. This is basically the same level as USL League Two here in the USA. So you've got a lot of college players who are staying in shape. In fact, a lot of the clubs uh, with this league are university affiliated. Uh, you've got some former pros in there as well and ex athletes just, you know, looking to stay fit. Now, we're going to be talking about a semifinal. Normally I wait for the final, but the semifinals are Saturday. The final is Monday. We won't know who's involved. So the better looking of the two semifinals to me look to be number B you'll find out about that in a little bit Victoria United their second best in the regular season versus number three finishers Port Moody and this is going to be played even though they're listed second in Port Moody the other match by the way is going to be between number one Kalsa who are your runaway favorites quite frankly and number four AFA Uh, really this is a top three league in terms of serious contenders at all AFA is a rather distant fourth Another reason, hence, that we chose the match that we did. This is a nine-team league. By the way, the top four made the playoffs. We will talk about the home team in actuality, if not on paper. First, Victoria United. This is a club that you can't really say it was founded in 1904, it has remained so till its current form, but it has roots dating back, to that time. This is a club that most recently was dissolved, part of the reason they can't claim true roots all the way that far back. For 2014 to 2022, well welcome back and welcome back to your former home or one of them Royal Athletic Park. I love this place because of uh, well because it's the host for this and I like soccer, but a lot of different sports play there. I don't mind multifunctional fields or multi-event fields and this place is home to the annual great Canadian Beer Festival. Yeah, I could devote a whole podcast just to that thing, but now it's not the time of year. It's got a capacity of about 3,800 permanent seats. I'm going to imagine they bring in about oh, 300,000 more for the Great Canadian Beer Festival. At least that's what I hope in my imagination. Now, since 1995, the last couple iterations of this club, they have won five regular season titles and one playoff title. This year, in the regular season, they had the best offense going at over three and a half goals per match. Second best defense, giving up exactly one goal per match and actually had the number one overall goal differential. Yet, despite that Calsa. They are still my favorites to take it all, although Victoria are definitely my favorites to get past Port Moody, and why not? They are in fine form, 8-0-1 in their last nine and their last three matches, a perfect 3-0-0 with an equally perfect 14 versus nil goal differential. Wow. And now, uh, the club out of Port Moody, I don't have a whole lot on them, uh, but I can tell you they are part of what is called the Tri-Cities area to the east of Vancouver. Port Moody proper is a city of about 35,000, very no for, uh, known for its incredibly low rent, and therefore has become a really big artistic area in the greater Vancouver area. Lots of gorgeous scenery. you got your water, you got your mountains, because this is uh, right on the coast. It is a port town. Uh, they were very well balanced this year on the field, second-best offense, third-best defense, number three overall goal differential, a good season. I just happen to think it ends on Saturday. And the team's current form, they've been sliding a little bit. They've lost two in a row with a four-versus-eight goal differential. Match number B. That's right, co host and daughter, dearest person. Noob number two, yuck, it's bathroom talk. You could say second best or things in that elk, but if you must say number and two, no, don't. Replace it with B. See how much more couth it sounds. In fact, listen to it in action. Right now, match number B, we're already on to Sunday, and we are headed to Australia and New Zealand, where they're hosting the FIFA World Cup, where the 32 teams have been divided into eight groups of four. They are each playing a single round robin in and amongst themselves. The top two of each group of four will advance. The particular match we're going to look at, oh, get the coffee going, 3 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. You can catch it on FS. One or Spanish language Broadcast on Peacock with NBC Your matchup, these are based On FIFA rankings by the way, number 12 Norway versus number 46 the Philippines. This is the last match of the group stage. Let's take a look at the table, give you part of the reason why we have selected this particular one out of the myriad matches we could have. Switzerland lead with four points heading into the last match, so they are guaranteed to be able to move on. New Zealand, they have three points and a plus one goal differential. The Philippines, three points with a negative one goal differential, and Norway, they have one point with a negative one goal differential. For the newest of burgeoning fans who have found us because of our name, soccer noob. You get three points for a win, each team gets one point for a draw, and if you lose, uh, you don't get any soup whatsoever. So, Norway must win their match, uh, this match, in order to have any chance of advancing. The Philippines, they have a decent shot with any kind of result and a win, and they should advance mathematically. Now, we'll talk about Norway first. They're listed as the home team on paper and are known as the Grasshoppers. They've actually won the World Cup title once before in 1995, 2019, the most recent iteration of this event. They made the qualifiers twice of the European Championships. They have been champions, most recently 1993. You get the feeling that their absolute halcyon days are just a little bit behind them. They've only gotten as far as this group stage in the last two. Uh, they went 8-11 on goal differential this year, calendar year in friendlies and exhibition tournament matches. Uh, they are 2-2-2 two, two, and two in all of those, but all of, but one of them was an away match, so don't read too much into this. This is still a team with some real firepower. They have yet to display it here in this tournament. They're 0-1-1 in their two matches with a nil against one goal differential. Key player to look for, in my opinion, she plays for Spanish absolute juggernaut Barcelona, perhaps the best team in the world, right now, uh, winger Carolyn Graham Hansen. What makes her interesting is stereotypically the Norwegian team is a very physical team, player by player and as a unit, but not so with Hansen. Uh, She is very tactically advanced, excellent passer, good dribbler, gives other teams absolute fits, and she is the active team leader in goals. She scored 44 of them in just shy of 100 national team appearances. And now Norway, all good and fine, but the real reason that uh, I've selected this one is because of the Philippines. They didn't really have an official team until the 1980s, and this is their first ever World Cup. Congratulations. Again, they are ranked number 46 by FIFA, easily the lowest ranking of the six AFC, that's the Asian Football Confederation, teams that qualified for the World Cup. 2022, they competed in their second straight Asian Games, their Continental Championships, went 2-0 and won in one of the group stage, made the semifinal. And in 2022 as well, they competed in their second straight AFF. That's basically Southeast Asian Championships. Just trust me, even though the alphabet soup doesn't sit down right, there's an acronym within an acronym, and they won their very first title, so congratulations to them on that as well. Now, here's what makes the team interesting, as I'm sure most or all of you know, you do don't have to necessarily have been born in or even a citizen of a nation to represent them under FIFA rules. I believe you have to have at least a grandparent that was born there. Well, only one of the players on the Philippine team was actually born in the Philippines, and 18 of them are U.S. born. So you've got a lot of college players, even one high school player, a couple very low-end uh, professionals, I believe, not in the U.S. or Europe, other places. So it's a Philippine team, and they are proudly fighting for their heritage. I do not seem, mean to seem like I am dismissing or disagreeing with the rule in place. It is what it is. I find it fascinating no matter what. And they are very proud to be representing, from what I have read, you know their you know parental or grandparental lineage. They are one O and one in the group stage. They have scored once and only given up two. Uh, their captain, so key player, I'm going to assume, is Totne. She is a midfielder, 34 years old. She plays over in Iceland, not one of the strongest leagues over there, but a club called Thor slash K-A. She was actually born in Ohio and didn't even play any organ or at least High enough that it would appear anywhere online. Didn't play any club significant soccer between 2015 and 2022. She's done some coaching in the interim. She was at a small Virginia Baptist college, I believe, in the middle of that time, but that didn't fill all those years. Another key to player to look for, in my opinion, their vice captain, Hallie Long, cornerback who plays for Philippine club, Kaya Iloilo. She played her college ball here in the U.S. for Arkansas Little Rock. Uh, she's been with this team since 2016, meaning the national team. Team's current form They went 2-0-1 at the Southeast Asian Games As I mentioned this year In winning that with a 3-2 goal differential Look for them to keep the score If they can Very low against Norway To have any kind of chance
0: Match number 3
1: match number three believe it or not is already our final weekend match yeah a lot going on on the upcoming weekdays but we are excited for a Liga action in Lithuania or maybe it's Liga I'm not even sure L-Y-G-A what I do know is they are merely ranked the number 42 out of 55 league association in UEFA and I can also tell you that we don't care if that seems low because we are after the football everywhere we noobs are learning it all at once no going slow they're about two-thirds of the way through the season, this is one of the uh, somewhat more Northern European Summer Leagues of Europe. Only the champion will qualify for next year's Champions League. They will have to start in the first qualifying round, and then the second and third place finishers will start in the first qualifying round of the tertiary tournament, Europa Conference League. Your key matchup, number B, Valgiris Vilnius versus number one, Panavičius. Panavičius currently lead them by three. At the time I scouted it, they were actually tried. By the way, uh, Vilnius, in turn, they lead F.A. uh, Cialdii by nine points. So this is very much a two-horse race. But because they play one more time yet this season, they play a quadruple round robin, this is the time we're going to take a break. Normally, it's when we would talk to our 3,500-year-old soothsayer, Noob Stradamus. But Lithuania, due to a book that she read a year or two ago in one of her classes, is Daughter Dearest's favorite country. Person Noob loves her some Lithuania, and she loves the Lithuanian language. She has been teaching herself over the summer because she has been worried about not Keeping her brain up to snuff during the summer and she wants to remember how to keep on learning I guess would be the best way to say it heading into the new school year professor person noob but may I call you just person noob or should I address you as professor today
0: person noob is all right
1: <laughs> okay so you're about you're an American Born in Iowa, being raised in Kentucky, you're about to teach us some Lithuanian, and you're doing a, uh, I guess what's a, uh, an English accent of some sort? Yes. Okay, <laughs> now I don't know what that one's at all. Yes. All right, so we are introducing a Lithuanian match, and Lithuania, is it your favorite country in the world, or second favorite country? Favorite. Favorite? You like it better than America?
0: Yeah.
1: Wow, really, you want to move there?
0: No. Maybe.
1: <laughs> Maybe. So why is it that you were so intrigued with Lithuania and the Lithuanian language? I don't know. Well, I already uh, I mentioned in the intro that you read a book a couple of years ago oh, that yeah. really, really impressed you called Words on Fire. Is there anything about that look, uh, book that has lingered in your mind and intrigued you about the language or the country?
0: Um, it's just that, um, well, it's where I've heard about Lithuania and I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to see what this is, and it was really cool.
1: Yeah, nothing wrong with exploring something random. That's how I got started doing, uh, you know, soccer noob stuff. And I guess then, by extension, how you got started doing person noob stuff. So you are here to to teach us Lithuanian. What is the first word that we are learning? Hello. I already know how to say that. Hello. No. Oh, the Lithuanian word. What is it? Sveiki. Sveiki.
0: Sveiki.
1: Am I saying it correctly?
0: Yes.
1: Sveiki. Sveiki. Hello. Sveiki. Okay, I'm probably, I'm not saying it a Lithuanian way, I'm just saying it in a weird Siviecki. way. All right, so now we all know how to say uh, Siviecki. Hello. Sivieki person, do
0: All
1: right. What else do you have for us?
0: Um, uh, uh, well, this one, uh, I'm not 100% sure on the pronunciation, uh, but that, it means sorry.
1: That, that, that happens to me a lot on this show with all the, all the names of clubs and cities and whatnot, so that's okay. The people listening don't know how to pronounce it either. You've got more of a chance of being right than they do. All right, so what's the word mean?
0: Uh, the word means sorry.
1: Sorry, okay. And what is the word?
0: Asi brazu.
1: Asi As.
0: As. t t Pra. Like with a P? Pra. Pla- pra. 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 Uh, say it with more, uh, like a little bit more of an R. Pra. Pra. Su. Su. Asi brazu.
1: Asi bratsu.
0: Yes, uh, and if you want to make it, I'm sorry, Just it's just uh, as, as, As? As, prasu. As-, as,
1: It's the same word just with,
0: uh, just okay, as with. Okay, so you get a whole, as- as- a
1: whole expression there, so you know how to be polite in the language with at least one phrase. Like, uh, I'm, you can say, I'm sorry I mispronounced. <laughs> I'm sorry I mispronounced, I'm sorry. <laughs> can you say that? No. I go, well, yeah, but, you know, summer is long. I think it's really cool that you've decided to learn, you know, uh, a a quasi-random language, at least for somebody here in the States. Do you have any other ones to teach us, or is that our lesson for today?
0: That's our lesson from Professor (laughs) Pessy. Match
1: Match number number four. New Bites, if I may affectionately refer to you as such, you get Monday off after the weekend's tracking. We hop back to it on Tuesday, match number four. We're back to the FIFA World Cup once again because we're not going to ignore the final group stage match for the USA. We have America in our name after all. This particular match will be in Auckland. The USA, I don't think they've gotten to go over to Australia yet so they're still in New Zealand. The series between them and home team on paper Portugal, uh, USA have won all four matches. This is going to be another 3 a.m. game, the first of the USA games that really hasn't been specifically timed to be great for U.S. audiences, but hey, get the coffee brewing. I like the cold brew myself. Turn on Fox or Peacock if you want the Spanish language broadcast. Check out this key Group E matchup. Uh, Taking a look at the table, the USA, they have four points and a plus three goal differential. They are they will be advancing. The question is whether they will do so as first or second place finishers, and that matters when you move to the knockout stage for where you're going to get placed. Uh, currently, the Netherlands are in second with three points and a plus-one goal differential. Tied with them, but behind on some other tiebreaker or other, you have Portugal at three points, plus-one goal differential. Portugal probably need to get all three here because the Netherlands are very likely to whip up on already eliminated Vietnam. That's if the Portuguese have any dreams of advancing. I'm sure they do. We will talk about them first. They qualified through the Interconfederation playoffs. What that means is that in UEFA's national team qualifying event, they finished fairly high, but not high enough to get straight in. They had to win another, I believe, 14 mini-tournament to get in. But here they are. They're 1-0-1 with a 2-1 goal differential. Ranked number 21 Worldwide by FIFA Of the 12 teams that got in from Europe That makes them the uh, 12th best is all This is their first ever World Cup appearance Ireland are the other UEFA debutants, by the way uh, The last two European championships Were the first ones they ever qualified for They got to the group stage both times So this is a team really just starting to come into its own Team's current form, they are 3-2-2 two, and two in friendlies on the Air. plus, of course, their Inter-Confederation playoff championship win over Cameroon. That's who they had to beat, and uh, they uh, got through all of those matches with a 12-7 and seven goal differential. So this could be a very high-scoring affair, which should make you very interesting watching, and you want extra interesting if you're going to get up at 3 a.m. American audience. Key player to look for with this team, their captain, Dolores Silva, midfielder who plays for Braga in the Portuguese top flight. She's a top 10 all-time scorer for that national team with 17 goals to her credit. Vice captain is Anna Borges. She is a forward, plays for Sporting CP. I know on the men's side of things, Sporting CP is one of the big three. I'm going to guess that they have invested pretty well on their women's side as well. You are just about as likely to see her playing defender as forward, though. It'll be interesting to see where they have her placed. She is the team's all-time appearances leader at 157. We won't go into any details on the U.S. team, by the way. You can get that information anywhere. But not as many shows are talking about uh, the visitors, or I guess I should say opponents for the U.S. So now you get the other half, the really good half of the fully traditional match preview. Match number five. Match number five is our second and final Tuesday match. We're headed to Europe for the aforementioned Europa Conference League. Second qualifying round of the home and away two-legged tie. Teams have to win a couple more rounds before they get into the event proper. And for our newest football fans, uh, the Champions League is well the very best and biggest conference champions and some others go. Below that is the Europa League, and this is the Europa Conference League, and we absolutely adore it because you get a lot of second and third place teams from a lot of very uh, small all top-flight domestic leagues in Europe, and it is a joy to see them out on the field. Swift Hesperange out of Luxembourg plays host to TNS out of Wales, the first leg. TNS only managed a draw at home one-to-one, and so advantage to the Luxembourgians. Yeah, that might be the demonym. I don't know. I'm going to screw up some Welsh a little bit later on as well. Swift Hesperange. That, Hesperange, by the way, it's only a town of about 2,000 or so in the south-central part of the country, but the club really represents the entire commune of about 14,000. Uh, History Bus may recognize it well as uh, having a World War II memorial right in this town, specifically dedicated to three American soldiers who died at the Battle of the Bulge. And this club has been in the news more recently as well. I don't know how many other clubs specifically have been a part of this, but they are suing UEFA. Because they want to write the right to start a top flight regional league, uh, Benelux league specifically. So it would be Belgian teams, Dutch teams, and I guess probably the best one or two from Luxembourg. I think a regional league like that would really increase the level of play in that area and just could be nothing but great. Now, this team actually won their league last year, so they started in the first qualifying round of the Champions League, but they lost to a Slovakian side, Slovan Bratislava, 1-3 on aggregate. By the way, the Luxembourg National Division is only ranked number 45 out of the 55 in UEFA. That's part of the charm here. They won that league by 7 points over Progress Niederkorn, and that was their first ever league title. Their only other modern European appearance was in this event in the uh, first qualifying round two years ago this year in league this last year i should say in league play they have the number one offense by a lot three and a third goals per match they reached the century mark on the dot in scoring they also have the number one defense they were the only club scoring less than a goal per match. So they had the best goal differential by a factor of 50%. Number one league-leading scorer with 29 of the season was Rayan R-A-Y-A-N, don't confuse him with the actor, Philippe. He plays forward for them, or played, I should say, but he has moved on, unfortunately, for them to a bigger paycheck in Germany in the second flying there with a club called Eintracht Braunschweig. But they still got last year's second-best leading scorer, Now their offensive star, 26 times he netted last year, this Dominique Stoltz, 33-year-old veteran midfielder. And now the New Saints, Uh, they play out of the Welsh Premier League, which is ranked number one out of 55. But geographically, they are both a Welsh and an English team. They sort of represent and have played before in two different towns. The full name of the club is the New Saints of Oswest Street Town. That's in England and Lancet Lansetfrade, which I am pronouncing phonetically and probably incorrectly in Welsh, football club. Uh, they lost in the first qualifying round of the Champions League to BK Hacken out of Sweden, 1-5 on aggregate. So they are their defending league champions as well. And the Welsh Premier League is only ranked number 51 out of 55. So this should continue to be a very competitive two-legged tie. They won last year's league season by uh, quite a bit, 22 points over second-best Connors Quay nomads they have the number one offense by a factor of better than a hundred percent three and a half goals per match 112 goals in 32 matches these may have been the two highest scoring teams in europe if not the entire world per match for top flight domestic leagues number one defense only giving up a goal every other Match on average and the best goal differential by a factor of better than four. Unbelievable. Number one league scorer by almost a factor of two just by himself with 26 goals was Declan McManus, their Scottish star forward. Last year, they got this far, uh, or rather only this far, I should say better, in the Champions League and Europa Conference League. They didn't win any two-legged ties. 2021-22, they made the third qualifying round of this event. Go back to 2010-11, and they had their best ever international appearance, getting to the third qualifying round of the Champions League. That sounder means it's time to do a recap of last week's matches. And if you hear any other cat-related sounds, yes, one of our two cats is bathing himself literally inches from the microphone. But still, we soldier on. Friday match number one last week was from the FIFA World Cup on Friday. Number one in the World USA. Took on number 32 Vietnam in the USA. Got a decisive enough win, a 3-0 star Sophia Smith that we said to look for. She had both a brace of goals as well as an assist. Match number B also on Friday from the USL Women's Championship, Indy 11 took on North Carolina Courage's U23 team, and the result was a 2-1 win for Indy 11. Match number three from the WPSL, Rhode Island Roads took on the Charlotte Eagles, and it was the Eagles getting the win 0-1. They will face Salvo FC for this league's title. Saturday, match number four from the second division of the US, the USL Championship, Number three Charleston Battery took out number one Pittsburgh Riverhounds, and the home side got a 3 1 win. For Charlotte, Fidel Barajas had a pair of assist guy we said to look out for. And that moves them up to second place in the East. Match number five from the women's league called the UWS, another fourth-tier league. Uh, we didn't know who was going to be involved in the final, but I can tell you that uh, Santa Clarita got a 3-2 win over Lancaster Inferno, and that they will be hosting Michigan Jaguars for the final in this league. Match number six from Canadian's League One British Columbia, third tier league. Number B, Victoria Highlanders took on number one TSS Rovers. And it was the Highlanders coming out on top 2 1. They switched positions heading into the finals. So the top seed goes to Victoria. Tuesday, match number seven from the European Champions League second qualifying round first leg of the home and away two-legged tie was Breitablick of Iceland playing host of Copenhagen Copenhagen got the 0-2 road win match number 8 from the Europa Conference League second qualifying round first leg Habrum Spartans of Malta Played host to Dinamo Tbilisi from Georgia and the home Spartans got a 2-1 victory Wednesday match number nine we went back to the World Women's World Cup USA versus the Netherlands this one just went to a 1-1 draw and the Netherlands held the lead for a long time Thursday, match number 10 from the CONCACAF Leagues Cup. It was Club de America from Liga MX versus MLS's St. Louis City, and it was America coming out on top. They gave them a whoop and 4-0. Henry Martin had a goal that we said to look for, and our USA connection, Alejandro Zendejas. He also had a goal for the winning club. And now your bonus matches with explanations coming later. First, your ride of the week was a Saturday match from Mozambique's top flight in Mozambola, and it was a 2-2-2 Draw rather than a route. Number 12, last place, Machide de Maputo earned the tie with number one Black Bulls Maputo. Very interesting. No change in the table there, though. The most winning match in the world was the Sunday match from Brunei's Super League. Number 9, IKLS MB5 took on number 8, Koala B. Late, and it was Koala B. Late getting the Koala B win. Uh, that sounded weird. Wallaby? Wallaby? Yeah, okay, that almost made sense. Uh, they won 1 3 on the road. No change in the table there. They remain equally meaningless, just like that joke. And now, finally, your match of disappointing it was a Sunday match from New Caledonia's Super League, number 12, last place. QANONO, or probably Kanano. I had a lot of fun with that. QANONO versus number 11, Dumbea. And it was Dumbea getting the 2 1 road win. No change in the table there either. That concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now let's get back into previewing the upcoming week's matches with match number six. Already we are on to Wednesday. Yeah, the back half of the week is really backlogged for this particular episode and in the best possible way. Now we're staying in Europe and heading over to the Champions League. They're also in their second qualifying round, second leg of the home-and-away two-legged tie, and we are here for Bredeblik. We are on that bandwagon. The Icelandic team that made the third qualifying round of this event last year had to start all the way back in the preliminary round this year, a little tiny mini tournament of four teams just to get the right to play in the first qualifying. Round where they would have to win something like four matches to get into the event proper. They are known as the bill cars or the wheels, and they are ours until they lose and maybe even beyond. And they get to travel to Copenhagen. Is uh, to be perfectly honest, woeful underdogs this particular time. Copenhagen went to Iceland and won the first leg very convincingly, nil. Two, but all things are possible for Brady Black as far as I'm concerned. This is a team with some international experience. By the way, the loser will not be done with their season. They will drop down to the Europa Conference League third qualifying round. The three times these teams have played, at least in recent years, Copenhagen has won them all. You can catch this edition on Paramount Plus at 2 o'clock Eastern time. We start with boo, Copenhagen. So we boo them not only because they are simply standing in the way of Breda Blake, our team for right now, but they're also known as the Lions. Goodness, long-time listeners of this show will know we deplore the Lions as a chosen mascot because every third team in the world has it, especially looking at you, England national team, as if as if Lions are endemic to England. What a dumb choice. Anyway, <laughs> off my soapbox. This is the number 43 ranked club in Europe, at least as of the tail end of the last calendar year. They have won 15 domestic league top like flight titles that is tied for best in the country's history, and they are your two-time defending champions. By the way, that league, the Superliga, is ranked number 17 in all of Europe. They finished in second place last year in the regular season. This is one of the lowest ranked leagues that doesn't just send their champion, but actually also sends a second team to the Champions League. They won by four over second place in Last year, they made the Champions League group stage. Uh, 2010-11, they made the round of 16 team for the Champions League and that was the best they've ever done in that event but the best they've ever done in any European competition was two years ago in the Europa Conference League when they made the quarterfinals in league play last year not the highest scoring league in the world but they were number one on offense getting almost two goals per match uh, they also had a top three defense to go with that and had the number one goal differential by a factor of better than two. Key player for the number three in league scoring last year with a dozen was Victor Klayson from Sweden. Plays winger for them, and he has made almost 70 national team appearances in 2012. So a lot of experience for this team. But play the book, they will be undeterred. They play out of the city of Kopavogur, which is sort of a suburb of Reykjavik, and yet such a large city, at least in Icelandic terms, that it's, you know, it's It's hard to call it a suburb, truly. Uh, They are the first team, as I mentioned before, to ever advance this far from the preliminary round and get on them for it. Last round, they defeated Shamrock Rovers 1-3 on aggregate first qualifying round. The league they play out of is called the Besta Daleden, and it is ranked number 46 of the 55 in Europe. They won last year's edition by eight points over Viking or Reykjavik. Last year, they made the third qualifying round of this event. So wow, it's unfortunate they had to start all the way back in the preliminary round, this is a team that's used to getting this far and farther. 2013-14, they had their best ever international tournament in the Europa League They made the third qualifying round, just to match a sigh of the group staging event proper. League play this year, uh, they're very well balanced, but only the fourth-best defense giving up over uh, one-and-a-third goals per match. They are not likely to repeat as champions Who will be in this event, but next time just to start out. Key players to look for for them, number one in league scoring with 10, Stefan Inge Sigurdsson, 22 years old, tied for number one in league assists with nine, the most Icelandic-named player I know, Huskilder Gudloksen, plays right back but gets up the field for some wingback action. And their goalkeeper is pretty darn good. He is tied for second best in clean sheets or shutouts, if you will, with seven. And that is Anton Ari Anderson. team's current form. uh, Prior to that leg one loss to Copenhagen, they had won five straight matches across all competitions.
0: Match number seven.
1: Match number seven takes us to South America for their version of the Champions League. They call the Copa Libertadores. They have reached the round of 16 and this key match is the first leg of the home and away two legged time. This one was selected to make you aware of because it is only or rather the only match that features two teams where neither of them is from Brazil or Argentina. Those two nations absolutely dominate the football landscape down there. But we do have Deportivo Pereira out of Colombia and Independiente de Valle from Ecuador facing off against one another. The winners will get to play either Palmeiras or Atletico uh, Mineiro both of which are Brazilian powerhouses. But since this is only the first leg of the home and away two legged tie, this is a great time for us to take a culture break. Now, normally, this is where we use soccer as an excuse to really learn something in the world about food. But this particular time, I want to talk to you about the city of Paraira in general in Colombia as the hosts, because it is a really unique. City. The original city uh, was built up in the mountains and then uh, more or less abandoned, lost to the jungle. There was another village there called Carthage uh, that came to be, but eventually it got named for a naturist named Uh, Pereira is the last name. That's why the city is named with his name. And it is a naturist and specifically a photographer's dream location to go to. Check out some of the things the photographers the world over just absolutely rave about this location in the Andes Mountains for because it's so diverse, both naturally and in man-made things. First of all, man-made, you've got the Viaducto Cesar Gaviria Trujillo. It's a bridge that is one of the most important engineering works in all of Colombia. And if you give up on a level with it you actually have a panoramic view of this mountain city that's below Paraira. They also have the Botanical Garden Technological University of Paraira And uh, it's just a great place to learn about the coffee region. This place is basically the capital of the coffee region and a lot of a lot about coffee plants in particular and a lot of photographing to be done there. Related to that, there is a giant uh, less than a decade old biodiversity park that breaks the mold on old style, uh, basically imprisoned animals from the world over. I'm forgetting the name of it off the top of my head, but it opened in 2015 and it's like going on safari and seeing animals from the world over, but all in this one place in Colombia, just magnificent. They also have uh, Laguna del Otun, an imposing majestic place uh, that's home to a lot of native vegetation and much of the Colombian biodiversity. The Simón Bolivar Monument, it is a naked monument of uh, the historical figure bolivar made by uh, Rodrigo Arenas. It is a bronze piece and one of the symbols of the entire city. And then finally, I'll mention the uh, Catedral Nuestra Señora de la Pobreza, a uh, work of art and religious heritage. It's a complex structure, 12,000 different pieces of wood that hold the dome all together. It's quite unique in the way that it is put together. So many reasons to come to this particular part of the Andes Mountains. Plus, because of the volcanic ash and rock-based soil, you will get some of the finest coffee beans that you can anywhere in the world.
0: Match number eight.
1: For our next Wednesday match, we head to Central America for an event called the CONCACAF Central American Cup. The winners are going to get into what was known as the CONCACAF Champions League next year, now the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Round of 16, the 2nd through 6th place finishers will also qualify for the event, but one round further back. There are 20 clubs in this event. They've been divided into four groups of five. They're only playing a single round robin. Each team will host two of the matches. The top two from each of the groups will advance to the knockout stage. If you're not familiar with this name of an event, that's fine. It's because it's the first ever edition. The way it used to be, there was an event called the CONCACAF League that was a feeder event to the CONCACAF Champions League, our region's overall club championships. That involved both Central American and Caribbean clubs. Now they have their own separate events This is the Central American one. The match we're going to look at is Verdes out of Belize, the only qualifier from that, the uh, considered weakest of the Central American leagues, taking on Honduran side, Matagua. This is one of the two matches that Verdes are hosting. We'll talk about the green machine first. They play out of the capital city there in Belize, former British Honduras of Belmopan, and FFB Stadium with a capacity surprising of 5,000. CONCACAF ranks this team in distant last of all the teams that are involved in this particular event number 177 in our region. The team's last CONCACAF tournament appearance was the CONCACAF Champions Cup League at the time. They won the group stage in 2015-16. 2022, last year, yeah, they uh, made the CONCACAF league and got all the way to the round of 16. Uh, they qualified for this event by winning both the opening and closing stations, uh, stages rather, in their league last year. And they were the playoff champions both times as well. Uh, Verde's with the closing stage what is called the Clausura in the rest of Central America over San Pedro Pirates by four points they had the second best offense last year the number one defense giving up just a little bit over a goal every other game on average number one goal differential they've been the power in this league for a while On the scoring leaderboard for them last year, it was very well divided amongst a bunch of different guys, but biggest one to look for is Nicolas Roca Gomez. And now Matagua, they are known as the Eagles or the Blue Cyclone and play out of the capital city of Tegucigalpa. Matagua, if you're wondering, is the name of a nearby river. They finished in second place in three of the last five CONCACAF leagues. So they are right at home in this one and probably going to have their way with Verdes, really. Uh, The Honduras Liga Nacional, by the way, is the number three-ranked league. They have passed Costa Rica in all of CONCACAF. They got the fourth and final qualifying spot from Honduras. They did not win the Apertura or Clausura stage, but they were the third-best team of those that did not win either of those championships. In the Clausura stage, the most recent full-body season, if you will, uh, last year, they finished just fifth out of the ten teams. Uh, Number five offense, defense, goal differential. This is not a terrible draw for Verdes, but I still think they've only got a uh, puncher's chance at best. Key player to look for for Matagua on their scoring leaderboard last stage with five was Lucas Campagna out of Argentina.
0: Match number nine.
1: Our final match for Wednesday, number nine is for another tournament that is a feeder to the CONCACAF Champions Cup next year. It is called the CONCACAF Leagues Cup, a tournament that has existed for a couple or so years now, but this is the first time that it's actually been more than a glorified exhibition between some Mexican and some American teams. They've reached around a 32 this year. All of the Major League Soccer teams and the Liga MX teams out of Mexico are participating in this. It's being hosted in the U.S. and Canada. The winner will get to go to the next CONCACAF Champions Cup round of 16. The second and third place finishers will also get in. Uh, the match that we're going to look at because the home team is the worst team in Major League Soccer this year, and yet here they are still alive. Enter Miami, and they are having an intrastate battle with Orlando City, the series between these two. Orlando has had the slight edge 5-3-3 in their 11. Orlando won the last one one 1-3 on the road, so they will not be phased traveling to Miami this particular time either. The winners of this one will get either Mazatlan out of League MX or... FC Dallas out of of course Major League Soccer but It occurs to me that we have not stopped yet Like we normally do earlier in the show to learn How it is we're supposed to gamble make some Money off these things and to do that We cheat by turning to our 3500 year old in-house Prognosticator noob Stradamus for another drug aided or Drug addled division we we take what we Can get around here because the budget is Well I was going to say basically non-existent But it's quite literally non-existent Nevertheless take it away oh mighty soothsayer
0: greetings from the thracian plains of greece tis i a floridian result you seek but you needn't have called on me for such miami orlando these are cities built on swamps noob ne'er in world history has such awful urban planning been witnessed Match day during warm ups, Miami will sink into its Marie Fen. Should any Orlando players escape this deadly fate, they will return home to find their city too has disappeared into Moorish muck wholesale. The result? The match will be abandoned for bad urban planning. One doesn't need to be an ancient soothsayer to know such. But uh, I'm still going to toke up on this lotus leaf <sighs> and travel through space and time. Whee. <coughs> mm. number
1: 10. We're done. Finally! And we flipped the calendar page to Thursday for our final match of the main 10. Don't forget, we still got our three super cool bonus matches yet to come. And this one isn't quite a feeder tournament to the CONCACAF champions cup though it is a step on the way there in the caribbean there are two tournaments one is called the championship this one is the concacaf caribbean shield it is for some of the amateur leagues in the caribbean as opposed to some of the professional ones who have made moves towards becoming semi-professional and are working on being professional the caribbean shield is therefore is the secondary of the two tournaments and uh the winner of this will get a spot in the CONCACAF Caribbean Cup. Actually, the top two finishers will. So it's being hosted in St. Kitts and Nevis. and There are three groups of four taking part, plus one group of three. And only the winners of each of the groups will advance to the knockout stage. Matchup we're going to look at, St. Paul's United, the host team being as they are from the Premier League of St. Nevis, taking on American side, yeah, from Puerto Rico, uh, their representative is Metropolitan FC. First St. Paul's. Uh, I got to make note of their crest. It looks like the old American Family Insurance logo, sort of the outline of the house, except a different color. Truly, one of the uh, worst crests I have ever seen. Yeah, can't abide it. Uh, they play out of St. Paul Capister Parish. That is in the far north of uh, the main island. Uh, uh, there, St. Kitts. About twelve hundred people there. They've won the league title five different times. I'm not sure how, if at all, they've actually performed in past. Uh, Shield tournaments. They qualified for this one either as the 2022-23 regular season champs or the 2020-21 regular season or playoff winners. I'm not sure how it's working out timing-wise, and they didn't have a league season the year in between. The Premier League the Premier League, there is unranked by CONCACAF that only does the top 14 by the way but it's one of the better amateur ones in the Caribbean. They won this year's regular season in St. Paul's by one point over Kayon uh, the regular season because they still have their championship round yet to go where they divide the league in half. They are a distant second best in scoring getting over two plus per match and also have a top three defense to go with that so very formidable. Team's current in form. They just had a 13 match unbeaten streak broken in their last regular season match. Given that they were ahead by four, they probably started a lot of reserves, as my guest. And now, Metropolitan, playing out of Puerto Rico's uh, Liga Puerto Rico. That's the name of the current top flight there, and it's very important one to know, not only because it's American, and that's where we're based, but this league produced the winner last year, Bayamon FC. So this is a very strong league. Their crest, I don't know how to feel about it. The colors, are whimsical and jarring, sort of a deep sky blue, uh, juxtaposed against lime green vertical stripes. Yeah, maybe it's okay for a crest, maybe not, but you definitely wouldn't want to... uh, wear the colors, probably in any other context. Uh, League of PR is also unranked by CONCACAF. They won this league season in its first season in existence 2018-19, and they won the previous top flight league one other time as well. The club itself was founded in 2012, and they play out of the capital city of San Juan. They actually qualified for the 2020 uh, Caribbean Shield, but that got canceled because of COVID. Uh 2021, when both of the Caribbean tournaments, for a variety of reasons, were combined, they actually made it all the way to the semifinals. I, I have a feeling that they will be a semi-pro or fully professional league before too long and actually get to compete in the uh, Caribbean championship on a regular basis. When they made the semifinal, that advanced them to the CONCACAF League, where they lost to a Guatemalan side in the preliminary round. Metropolitan won the regular season and playoffs of both the Apertura and Clausura 2022. Uh, 2022-23 stages, so that's how they qualified. Number one offense and defense, best goal differential in that league by a factor of two in the Klausura stage. Uh, Their league has not started yet for the current season, so it's hard to say what kind of form they're in, but I think that they are going to be a worthy competitor, even on the road, taking on St. Paul's. Bring forth the bonus matches! The biggest matches are done, and now it's time for the strange and wonderful bonus matches. The first is a first versus, in this case, almost last place matchup we dramatically call the... Route, route,
0: route, route of, 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 of the week, 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 week.
1: And the roadkill match that has been selected as a Wednesday match. From Malawi's Super League. That's a small country in Southeast Africa. Their league is unranked by the CAF, that's the Confederation of African Football. They only bother to rank about the top two thirds of the leagues, a third of the leagues. They just don't get enough international play to make a meaningful, you know, uh, To make a meaningful ranking quite frankly The season is about half over there The winner will still get to go to the Champions League That's the case for all the countries And then three of the 16 teams will get relegated Kicked out and downward to the lower division Your matchup is number fifteen out of the sixteen mighty tigers versus number one Nyasa Big Bullets. Mighty Tigers they trail number thirteen Bangui All Stars by one point, so that's their point of safety. They got to get to thirteenth place to not get kicked out of the league into the lower division. Meanwhile, Big Bullets they lead number B Chitipa United by fifteen on goal differential. Yes, so they're tied on points. They will not be probably playing a lot of reserves in. Potentially uh, letting this one go in a trap match. We'll talk about Mighty Tigers first as host. They are known as the Cow Cowboys. Uh, K-A-U-K-A-U. I tried and tried and could not find the meaning for this one. I'm sure it's very interesting. I can tell you that they play in uh, Blantier, which is the second biggest city in the country. And it is the economic hub and engine of the entire country, not the capital city. This is the financial and industrial capital of the nation. Uh, they've got about 800,000 people there. And it is the capital of the area known as the southern region. This team has actually won the league title before, but it's been a minute 1989 last year. They didn't miss getting relegated by much 12th place was their finish This year, oh, this is one of those pathetically awful small ball teams. They have a terrible offense, only scoring a goal every other match on average. But they do it by parking the bus in front of the goal at the other end. They have the number four defense in the league, giving up the less than three quarters of a goal per match on average. In baseball, you would call that playing a lot of small ball, and it makes for some ugly, terrible soccer. Overall, it averages out to them being uh, tied for 10th on goal differential. So far, not working for them. They're trying to do that to finish somewhere in the middle of the pack. It works for a lot of teams. Thankfully, not in this particular instance. Team's current form. Well, they just managed a nil-nil draw in their last one, and that snapped a three-match losing streak. The only goal, interestingly, that they did score over that stretch, though, was in a 1-2 road loss at... Number B, Chittapa United, so we do always look for some sort of glimmer of hope for the team that should be getting routed, and I guess that's what they can hang their hat on And now Big Bullets, they also play out of the city of Blantyre, uh, the, there is the Blantyre Derby, one of the few league matches in the nation that actually attracts a substantial number of fans But that is not this one. These are not the only two teams that play in the capital. It is when Big Bullets play Mighty Wanderers, a vastly superior team to Mighty Tigers, that it is considered the true City Big Derby. This team has won two straight titles and four out of the last five, 16 total Super League titles. And yet in 2004, that was the only time they got as far as the group stage in the African Champions League. This year, the defense is good, but the offense is excellent. It's not a high-scoring league. They're getting almost two goals per match, and that's actually number one by quite a bit. They've got the number one overall goal differential. Team's current form, I wouldn't say they're slipping, but it is interesting that while they don't have any losses in their last six matches, they do have three draws over that stretch. Could you be... The most meaningless match in the world. Yes, you you could. could. You're so boring. (laughs) Nobody else is going to talk about them. We celebrate quote-unquote meaningless teams in song. Yes, and we think they deserve it. We're heading off to... Brazil to the second division, Serie A, B, for a Tuesday match between number 12, CRB, and number 11, Atletico, G.O. They're about halfway through the season in this league. The top four out of 20 will be automatically promoted to Serie A, the bottom four would be relegated to Serie A.C., the third division. When these two played earlier in the year, it was Atletico winning 3-1. The series between these two in recent years has been over so slightly in favor of CRB with a 5-0-4 record. A match that doesn't matter a lick to anybody but them, but it's the only way we're going to learn about them, is right here. CRB, that stands for Clube de Regatas Brazil. Now, I looked and looked And I couldn't find an alternate definition or translation for regattas other than the boat races. Now, uh, the tower they are, uh, Maceo is a Port town, but I couldn't find anything else Related to like yacht or other kind of boat Raises. Nevertheless, that is The name of the club. They've got a really Specific mascot, and I like stuff like this They are known as Gallo de Campina, which translates to Red Cowled Cardinals Wow, what a specific bird The city that they play in, uh, Macayao, Is in the state Of Alagoas That's a city of about 1 million people, by the way The state is in the northwest part of the country And is very Very small geographically. Again, it's a port town, as I mentioned, also a big agricultural area historically. A lot of sugar cane grown there. There's also a lot of very deep briny wells, and they dig into those uh, because you can make a lot of chemicals out of that brine. It's also been a big tourism area since the 1990s. They've really built it up. High quality of living here. Last year, the team finished right about where they are now, number 11, and the offense, defense, goal differential, all perfectly average. Rather than taking a look at a best player, I thought, you know what, let's do a most meaningless player. And there's no such thing on a football team, but of all their starters, the person who is, according to the statistics on the app uh, FootMob, which I really, really like, the most average player they have of the starters is... Mateus Ribeiro, or Ribeiro, rather. He plays left back for them, just uh, one assist on the year. He is a good, but unfortunately for the team, low-volume dribbler, but very high success rate when he bothers. Only an 80% accuracy. Uh, Passing accuracy rate Even for a guy on the side That's really difficult to stomach defensively It's pretty average on clearances And interceptions And yes, Liga MX fans uh, Good nose for this one He made five appearances one year For Puebla of Liga MX When he was there on loan So we get a CONCACAP connection Team's current form: They are one zero oh, and two in their last three. And now, your most meaningless fact: the city name. Uh, there's a dictionary called the Aurelio Dictionary that says that the term Masaya or i am not sure if it's a hard or a soft C—means. A temporary and cyclic lagoon that is located at the edge of the sea at the mouth of a watercourse, small enough to be interrupted by a silicate bar until the high tide opens the way, temporarily, cyclically related to the season, river flow, lunar seasons, etc. <gasps> wow. That's really, really specific. Why not just say a lagoon and call it done? My goodness. All right. And now Atletico G.O., they are known as the Dragon. The G.O. is the abbreviation for the state of uh, Goiania, or rather the city of Goiania, which is in the southeast central part of the country. It is the 10th biggest one in the nation, about a million and a half people in the metro. Uh, Historically, another very agricultural area. And in fact, the economy and industry, there's been a lot of industry built up but it is all agriculturally related products for the most part that really drive the economy here, so very interesting. This is the only club in the country that has 10 draws, and it's not because they've been playing small ball, quite the opposite, and yet somehow they just either keep salvaging games or can't quite get over the hump. Don't know what it is. They won this league one time in 2016, so they spent at least one season in Serie A before getting kicked back down. When they won Serie A C in 1990, they were actually the first team from this particular state to ever win a major national competition of any kind. Oh, and I guess we can see now how long they were up most likely. Last year, they finished in 18th place. That's third to last in Serie A, so they were in the top flight. They are not on the edge of going back. Uh, The offense is pretty good, number three, in that regard, not a high-scoring league at all. Seems to be a theme this week, one and a third goals per match. But they have the second-worst defense in the league, giving up a full one and a half. So overall, that puts them at uh, tied for 11th with their opponents today in goal differential. They are who they thought we were. Most meaningless player on this team, Gustavo Coutinho Lopez, their striker, not where you want mediocrity. He's actually tied for third place in the league in scoring with seven and in the top 10 in goals plus assists. He's got a pair of the latter, but he's really a very poor passer. uh, And he's only, uh, for a guy who shoots from close, he's only accurate on 50% of his shot attempts. Teams current form 0-2-1 in their last three. And your most meaningless fact for this one, uh, the city is home to the Cobra Veiga Snake Research Center. One of the main things they do is they take uh, venom from poisonous snakes and learn how to make medicine from it. And now it is not time for the match of...
0: Disappointed!
1: Yeah, this is the time of show where longtime listeners know we normally talk about two teams... That are egg sucking, putrid, and sitting at the very bottom of some top flight leagues table, disgracing themselves and those around them. But you know what? We are so excited for our next episode in particular that I don't want to wait any longer. This is not the show where we should do anything disappointing because next week we are going to be making history, I believe. We will not be talking at all about shot soccer on the show. Instead, you will be treated to the world's first ever pants cast. That's right, pants like you wear them, pants cast. i put together a panel of folks to talk about all things pants related with me for an entire hour, never been done before, I'm quite certain. Tentatively, check this out. Uh, we may get previously appearing guests like uh, Peter Wilt, Current head of the Midwest Premier League's Chicago House soccer franchise and former head of Major League Soccer's Chicago Fire, by the way. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All, who happens to be our St. Louis City uh, Soccer Club correspondent. Thomas Costello of the Soccer and Other Podcasty Things Bryant and Me podcast, as well as longtime guest Tassos, co host of This Is Mappa, the Cypriot podcast podcast that is wildly successful the world over not just in the nation of Cyprus but everywhere also my dad and often times character contributor to Soccer New Rock in America fantasy fiction author and voice of Noobstradamus Daniel J. Heck will be joining us amateur pants historian Brant Decker will be here as well Uh, possibly WBON-TV, Richmond, Kentucky, general manager, sports personality, and play-by-play broadcaster, Michael Watkins, person noob, and myself. If you recommend one episode of this podcast to your friends, make it episode 147 that we will be releasing in just a few days. The past, present, and future of pants will all be on the table in this vibrant discussion. So, until you hear us again in a few days on the Pants Cast, please have yourselves a fabulous footy week. Take care. It was bad. It was awful. I was Get him away. Hey,
0: Boo. boo. boo.